0: You can subscribe to The Spectator for 12 weeks for only £12 for our print and online editions, plus get six months of digital access free to The Telegraph. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash telegraph. Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's religion podcast. I'm Damian Thompson. At a time when Britain's churches have responded to the challenge of COVID with a series of self-inflicted wounds, restricting their own worship even when it's not necessary, one of Britain's most inspiring charities, which threatened to be destroyed by the coronavirus, has responded in a very different way. Team Domenica is a charity for young people with learning disabilities, of whom there are one and a half million in this country 95% 95% of whom don't have work, and that unemployment has terrible consequences for them and their families. Enter Team Domenica, founded by Rosa Monkton and named after her 25-year-old daughter, Domenica, who has Down syndrome. It's largely thanks to Rosa that Team Domenica has been able to place 75% of the learning disabled young adults who register with it in paid employment. That's more than 12 times higher than the national employment statistic for people with learning disabilities. They've opened cafes, wonderful cafes on the South Coast. They've negotiated with employers to take on their candidates, who have a very wide range and range of severity of learning disabilities. And at the beginning of this year, it seemed that its extraordinary progress was going to continue. Then along came the coronavirus. This was a disaster because many of Team Domenica's candidates are employed in the hospitality sector, which, of course, has been hit very, very hard by the virus. Fortunately, Rosa possesses an enormous range of skills. I first met her many years ago when she was chief executive of Tiffany's in London. I went to an event surrounded by the most beautiful and sophisticated people, feeling, of course, like a fish out of water And there was Rosa presiding over it with tremendous charm and not inconsiderable networking abilities. She was, it's very well known, an extremely good friend, probably the closest friend of Diana, Princess of Wales, in the last years of her life. Then, fast forward 15 years or so, and I found myself in Brighton with Rosa, watching her walk across the windswept town with a group of young people with these disabilities organising games of ping-pong, trying to find new premises, working her fingers to the bone, basically, and achieving extraordinary things. I'm so glad that she's able to talk to me today at a time when Team Dominica has risen to the challenge, more than risen to the challenge of COVID, but nonetheless face a desperately worrying 50% drop in its income. Rosa, I wonder if you could begin by telling me where you were just before COVID hit... What happened when it hit? Where you are now, and what the future holds? Sorry, that's a rather big question, but you get the idea. Before COVID hit, we were doing better
1: than I had ever dreamed of. You mentioned earlier the the statistic for for unemployment. We are up to, we were up to a seventy five percent employment rate against the national average of five point six percent. We've expanded hugely over the last four years. We've now got nearly 90 candidates, having started with 21 just over four years ago, transforming lives, educating the public, working in very strong partnerships with about 50 businesses in Brighton and across the South Coast, really doing very well unfortunately we rely very heavily on the hospitality sector for our work placements part of our program is our training cafes we deliver an educational program accredited program we do enrichment where our candidates learn without really realizing they learn they learn about turn taking all that sort of thing but the cafes are absolutely fundamental because That is where they learn not only catering skills, but social skills, which are so important. And also it educates the public. So suddenly to have to to close those and actually close everything was absolutely devastating. But I am so proud of my team. Over the Easter break, they just put together an online programme which we delivered five days a week to our candidates and we had a 100% take-up. It was absolutely extraordinary. And I know with my mother's hat on, seeing my own daughter here, joining the Zoom, interacting with her friends, learning, I mean, it gave such important structure to her day and to everybody's day. It was an extraordinary thing to witness. And, of course, there were those who are very vulnerable, you know, some not living in very happy situations, not really able to process what was happening and what was going on. And to those, again, my team were extraordinary. They went out even at weekends, did socially distanced walks, talks. We worked out what they needed to do. We then developed a whole online mindfulness thing, just an hour spent colouring with music in the background, but just being able to see other people, see the friends they've made over these past years was was really hugely uplifting. We've now opened again. Business is, is down in our cafes. We had to, throughout lockdown, we had to work out how we were going to get out of this. So one of the things we did was we've started working in partnership with something called Red Roaster Coffee in Brighton. And we have now got a room in one of their cafes and we are developing a a roasting and packaging coffee business. And I hope that by Christmas, we will have our own Team Domenica blend, which we will sell. We've realized that it's gonna be difficult to get everybody back into the jobs they were in before. I do not want any of my candidates to think that they failed. So we have to be ahead of the curve again and work out how we can get a new
0: income stream coming in. And, and that, that is is that, that—that is going to be a tremendous challenge, isn't it? Because what I'm hearing you describe is an absolutely extraordinary response to a terrible crisis. The best possible response you could have hoped for, really. But... The bottom line is that you relied very heavily on the hospitality industry to find jobs for many of your trainees, and those jobs are no longer available. You now have to climb another mountain, which is to find those jobs all over again. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I mean,
1: we're not 100% reliant on hospitality industry, but people like, I mean, the Grand Hotel in Brighton, they have said that after this half term, they will be happy to take back some of our candidates. Gradually, you know, people are really trying to help us. But you know, the other problem is that we rely very heavily for our income on events. We have a big dinner in London every November, for example, and with a big auction, and that used to bring in, you know, 150,000, we had lunches, we had things like that. So our income has halved. And that is
0: a real real struggle as to how we how we get that back. Well, I'm hoping that Holy Smoke listeners will do anything they can to help Team Domenica, because let's be honest about this, it's not a particularly fashionable cause. I think there are a number of misconceptions. One of which is that Team Domenica is for people with Down syndrome, whereas, in fact, there's an enormous range of learning disabilities. And I think I'm right in saying that people with Down syndrome like Domenica are a minority of your trainees.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Yes. I was very clear when we started that it had to be anybody with a learning disability, because this group I consider to be the most marginalised in our society.
0: I get the impression that people don't have a very clear idea of what a learning disability is, or rather the enormous range of learning disabilities that affects young people. And the other thing is that, as with so many things, people are very receptive when we're talking about children. But once it's young adults, they kind of drop off the map. Is that your experience? Funny enough,
1: I remember being and lured with my father mean, years before domenica was born and he's saying exactly that to me everybody can accept a child who's different but for an adult it's much harder and that you know when domenica was born i i remembered that so vividly that conversation i do think it's changing and i think the more people who do what we're doing which is you know public facing cafes getting people out into jobs when they can People realise, I think people are frightened a lot of the time. And, you know, these young people have so much to give. And some of the testimonials we get back from, from employers and parents saying how they didn't, they would never have believed it possible that their child could have achieved what they've achieved. And it, is, it is changing, but very slowly.
0: You do face one practical problem. Now, I've visited your cafe a couple of times, and my sister has as well. And they're lovely places and they gain, I think, from the enthusiasm of your trainees who, of course, have to be you know, very carefully supervised, more carefully supervised in some cases than others. So there's an awful lot of skill involved. So I think many employers gain from the experience of taking on your trainees. But let's be blunt about it. It's not necessarily economically profitable, is it? And that is a challenge. It's certainly not the fault of the employers. But it is a challenge, and it's especially going to be a challenge now that profit margins are very, very tight. I I agree. Um, I think what we have to do is appeal to, I mean, I think every
1: company now has corporate social responsibility. So that is something that we, we should appeal to. I think the dignity of work, the reason to be out of bed, the fact of being included in society and to achieve whatever potential you're capable of achieving is everybody's right. And that it shouldn't be money that prevents somebody from doing that.
0: I personally think it's sad that an enterprise like yours and other charities working in the field have to fight so hard to get attention in the media when virtue-signalling, quotes charitable activities like Black Lives Matter or whatever figure so prominently in our national life and you get Church of England bishops writing long letters about this or that aspect of the Brexit talks and you get churches being shut, you get basically, as I bang on on this podcast about a lot, the church is turning into basically an arm of the health and safety industry. And I just think of the enormous contrast between the work that you do And what frankly passes for charity in some of the, well, it's hard to distinguish some charity from the public sector. Do you ever feel that? You probably don't want to be too controversial, but do you ever think, oh, for goodness sake, can't some of these charities just go out and do something like we are, rather than posturing and trying to monitor people's vocabulary and thoughts? I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. Um,
1: And I do think, I mean, there are wonderful people like Father Alexander and St. Patrick's in Soho, who was an absolute hero throughout lockdown and is still feeding thousands of people a week. I mean, there are people who do wonderful things. And, you know, inevitably
0: there are people who don't. But no, I'm not not going down that one. Well, tell us what we can do to help and tell us where you would like to be in five years time given that it's quite possible that the shadow of covid may still be hanging over the economy and perhaps especially some of your potential employees in five years time yes i was
1: recently trying to do you know a, a two-year projection and actually it's 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 impossible you can't do it and you need to do those projections when you're applying for funding from grant making trusts so I hope that a lot of those people will react in a much more sensitive way to the difficult times that we're in. I would like to see us in five years' time much bigger, helping more people, but we need the support to do that. We need people to understand what we're doing. We need people to accept that we share the same humanity as someone with a learning disability and that it is their world just as much as it's ours and to give them all a chance. And learn from it, support us financially. That is a very important thing that we need We need at the moment because our income is down 50%. And just accept, accept, accept and love. That's
0: it really. Do you mind if I just ask you a little bit about yourself? Because as I said, I saw you and Tiffany's all those years ago. You're in the gossip columns all the time, not on account of any scandal involving yourself, but simply because... You know, you went on holiday with the most glamorous, in some ways the most famous woman in the world, Diana. I know that she supported you very much when you had Domenica. You didn't see this as your future, did you? You didn't see yourself walking walking around dusty church halls and trying to organise cafes served by young people with learning disabilities. How have you coped with the pressure? How have you coped with the extraordinary change in your life? And, and obviously that of your husband, Dominic Lawson.
1: So much as change, more as progress. I mean, you never know what lies ahead. And I think it was all brought to a head when I realised that I had to help Domenica have a meaningful life, that I didn't want her to, to, to languish without participating in this wonderful world. And when I looked to see what there was out there that she could possibly do, there really was nothing. And this was a discussion I had with uh, where she was doing a course for people with learning disabilities a catering course and the chef said you know there's nothing for when they finish this course and that galvanized me and it just took me out of one set of tracks and put me on another it was just a natural progression it was you know it wasn't a big decision really and I could then apply the the skills that I had for running Tiffany's to setting up Team Domenica
0: I've met Domenica, she's absolutely delightful, and I'm glad to hear that she is back in a job.
1: It's absolutely fantastic. The Pavilion Garden Cafe, which sadly only opens in the summer, so I think next week will be her last, she does a day there, but they wanted her back. And as soon as they were able to after COVID, they got in touch with Team Domenica and said we'd like to have have Domenica back. She does a few hours there on on a Tuesday, and she absolutely loves it there. So that, that was really encouraging. And that's what has been so good in Brighton, is that everybody's trying to
0: support us and help us to get, to get our young people back to the world. It's great. This is happening in Brighton and the South Coast, partly because that's the part of the world in which you live. It should be happening everywhere, shouldn't it? Everywhere in Britain. Everywhere, really, in the world, because everywhere in the world there are young people with learning disabilities who get treated absolutely horribly in other societies. Yes,
1: gross neglect and brutality in many. I think that there are a lot of people, it, start, it generally starts with a parent because that's, you know, you, you get it 100%, and it should not be like that. But since we've opened, we've had so many people from all over the country and across the world, you know, even Thailand and New Zealand, having seen us on Facebook, seen our website, come over and said, how have you done this? What is this model? How can we replicate it? So a lot of people are doing similar things. I mean, I think it's the the combination of a proper accredited educational program. Because the assumption, you know, I vividly remember the first maths lesson. You know, my teacher said to them, right, we're going to talk about salary today. And at the end of the day, he came to me, he said, we've actually got to start with coin identification. You know, there are huge gaps. People have made assumptions that people aren't capable of understanding things. There's so much that needs to be done. So we do that. We do the enrichment program. I mean, if you've got no communication and you are standing in the middle of a circle of people and you've got a baton and when you raise and drop that baton people follow with a drum or a guitar or a triangle, you for the first time in your life are in control of something. And it's profoundly moving when you see that happen and they look out the more able look after the less able we just want to get that out of our center and into the real world
0: well let's make a start holy smoke listeners by heading right over to the team dominica website right now and making a donation rosa thank you so much for joining me